the house of the Lord. Oh, the psalmist said it well. The psalmist said it well. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Amen? He said, this one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. That I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I want to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Amen. I tell you, every person that's a regular attender at Temple Baptist order walk through the doors, get on the ground, kneel down, and kiss the floor. Say amen. You ought to thank God that you go to a place where God shows up on a regular basis because everybody don't have this. And every place don't have this, and I appreciate it every time I come. Amen. Give God praise and glory right there. <clears throat> I want to I wanna just thank you for being here. I, I, I want to I wanna kind of get a little serious this morning. I, I, I was on my way back from Memphis, Tennessee. I was there all week preaching this week. And, and, and by the way, they talk about the ribs in Memphis. Son, they got some fried chicken that will knock you down. Say amen. I am not lying. I'm talking about there's they some chefs in there that's about this big around. I mean, hey, hey, listen, don't ever trust a skinny chef. Are y'all with me? It was, Peachy, we got to go. It's worth a road trip, I'm telling you. I'm, it, it's got, anyway, anyway, let's get serious. I, I was on my way back from Memphis, and, and, uh, and I, I was listening to a, a, a preacher, uh, uh, Brother Vod, I believe it's Vody Bachman, uh, uh, preaching and dealing with the subject of what the Supreme Court has just decided to do and the ramifications of all that with same-sex marriage and all. And he, and he went at it in a little bit different way. We all, we all want to get riled up about the stuff we don't like and the things that, that we disagree with and we should, and we should stand for what's right. But he was dealing with everything else that's going to come after that. Not just the issue of marriage itself, but everything else that's going to become legal and what's going to become illegal. And do you realize, do you understand the fact that when you legalize something that God calls an abomination, it legitimizes it to the point that when you speak against it, it will become hate speech. So that, watch this, so that all you have to do is read the Bible and you're, crea you're committing a crime. That's where we're at. That's where we're at today. And boy, the whole time. I was driving home, and I was thinking about the message, and I was, I was thinking about where we are in society. God began to put some of this stuff on my heart. So I want to share, and it's not going to be long. By, by the way, I gave them a, a, a three-point outline with two subs under each one. I mean this long, good outline, and they put it all together, and God gave me three words this morning when I woke up so they don't get to use none of it. So uh, I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry y'all went through all that work, but this is the three words. We'll probably get out of here early, but this is what we need to hear. Three words we need to hear, because I'm here to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it's not going to get easier. It's not going to get easier. It's not, listen, the days that we're living in are not going to get easier. We're living in a society, we're living in a time where preachers will get on TV and tell you, listen, if you've got faith, you'll have wealth. If you've got faith, you'll have health. If you've got faith, you'll have all this stuff. That don't, that don't always work. And that's not biblical. I've heard people say, and I've heard these preachers get on TV and say, you're going to have your best life now. Let's just smile and be happy. God's for us all. We're going to have greatness and, and everything's going to be peaches and cream. Well, don't tell that to the disciples. Because this is what, this is what Paul had to say about it. Look what he says in, in verse number verse number one. First, second Timothy chapter two, verse one. If you found your spot, say amen. amen. Thou therefore, my son, this is Paul speaking to Timothy. Paul is in prison writing a letter to Timothy, who was pastoring at Ephesus. 
He's a young pastor struggling, having a hard time, a difficult time. He's broken, and, 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 and Paul is trying to encourage him. He says, These things that thou hast learnt, heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore, watch this, watch what he tells Timothy, endure hardness as a good, everybody say it, as a good, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a what? Soldier. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your goodness. Lord, give us what we stand in need of in this hour. I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> we live in a day where, where religious people are standing in pulpits all over America. We, we live in a day where you have name it and claim it prosperity preachers who are, who are preaching a false gospel. Telling that, telling that things are going to get better, things are going to get better. Uh, this, is, this, is, this is God going to move and, and we're going to have everything we want. We're going to have wealth and we're going to have health and everything's going to be great. Well, that is not what the Bible says. That is not what the New Testament teaches. If you will, if you will read with me, Paul is telling Timothy, look, you need, to, you need to listen, it's going to get worse. He says in chapter 3 and verse 1, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come perilous means dangerous peril it will be dangerous to be a christian it will be dangerous to name the name of christ it will be dangerous to claim christianity we're living in that day in the last days perilous times shall come men <coughs> men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy without natural affection truce breakers false accusers incontinent fierce despite hey i tell you what you want to see something fierce look at people who are pushing the agenda down christian's throat they say we're intolerant and that it's it's amazing the hypocrisy that's out there today fierce angry angry people despisers of those that are good traitors heady high-minded lovers of pleasure more than lovers of god having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away he goes on to say in chapter number 4, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, exhort, uh, excuse me, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Why? For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap upon themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Preacher, what's happening? You will turn on the TV and they will tell you what you want to hear. That's what it means to scratch itching ears. Don't tell me about sin. Don't tell me about lust. Don't tell me about unrighteousness. Don't tell me about bitterness. Don't tell me about iniquity. Don't tell me that I'm on my way to hell. Don't tell me that I'm living my life outside of the Word of God. Don't tell me I need to repent. Don't tell me I need to live right. Just tell me everything's going to be all right. Tell me about grace. Tell me about mercy. Tell me about everything I want to hear but don't mess with my sin and people are heaping to these people the most popular preachers in America are those who are preaching a prosperity gospel the most popular people that, that, that people are flocking to is people that will say whatever it takes to make you feel good 
When I go to a doctor, I don't want them to tell me what I want to hear. I want them to tell me the truth. I want them to tell me what's right. I want, even if it hurts my feelings, even if I don't like what you hear, I want to know the truth because you can't help me unless you tell the truth. And we are living in a society and in a time today where that is not happening. Now, you say, what's the problem? Because when somebody does stand and tell the truth, then they are ostracized. Then they are mean-spirited. Then they have issue. Are y'all with me? Now, here, here we have Timothy. Timothy, is a, he's struggling. He's a young guy. He, is, he has been left in Ephesus to pastor an established church, and he's having problems. I mean, to the point that he's having stomach issues. So that is a nervous problem. Are y'all with me? How many of y'all can relate to that? I got a bottle of Pepto on my, my, my desk right now that big. Amen. He's having stomach issues. He's having fear issues. In chapter number 1, Paul says, I am mindful of thy tears. He said, I know you're hurting. I know you have issues. I know you have problems. He said, but then he says this. He says, I know you're having problems with fear. He says, God does not give the spirit of fear, but of love and power and sound mind. Now, now this is coming from a warrior. This is coming from an old soldier of God who is in prison fixing to get his head cut off. And he's sending a letter back to young Timothy. Now, here's what I want us to get today. This is what I want us to get today. There is some things that Paul is trying to do for Timothy. There are some things that he wants Timothy to understand. It's not going to get better. It's not going to get better. How encouraging is that? Timothy, you're having a bad time, but guess what? It's going to get worse. Isn't that great? It's going to be difficult. There's going to be parallel. See, you're not hearing that today. That's not being put in books today. That's not being put on TV today. Let me tell you what about what happened with the disciples. The disciples, Bartholomew was skinned alive and beheaded. James the lesser was stoned and clubbed to death. Andrew was crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross. They, they tied him to the cross instead of nailing him to the cross so that he would live longer and suffer longer. And you realize he suffered on that cross for three days, preaching the gospel every day. Say amen. He died a difficult death. John was th- thrown into boiling oil but survived and exiled on Patmos. Thomas was impaled by a spear. James the Great was beheaded. Philip was crucified. Matthew burned to death. Jude Thaddeus was sawed or axed to death. Simon the Zealot was sawed and axed to death. Stephen was stoned. Paul was beheaded. Polycarp was burnt at the stake and then stabbed to death. When, the, when, he, wasn't, when he did not die because of the flames, they just stabbed him to death. But you can have your best life now. Everything's going to get great. Everything's going to be wonderful. Now, here's, here's, you say, you're, you're just bugged out about these people. I am. I am because when preachers are running around the country telling everybody things are going to get better, there's going to be this great harvest of God and God's fear is going to blow and everything's going to be wonderful. Then when it's not, all you got to do is name it and claim it, say it, and God's going to give it to you. What do you do when these people believe that and then they do pray and it doesn't happen? No matter who you pray for, if you pray and you have enough faith that they'll be healed, they'll be healed. That's not biblical. 
Because I'm telling you, I have prayed for people and they were healed. And I have prayed for other people that was even closer to me than the other people I prayed for. And they were not. God took them home. Don't tell me I didn't have enough faith. And so here we are. Here we are surrounded by people that are telling something that's not true. And then Christians get burdened and get broken because it's not looking better. It's not getting better. My life is not what I thought it was going to be. All hell is breaking loose in my life. And what in the world is going on? That's what Timothy's going through. Now watch this. <clears throat> if you've never seen it like this, you've got to get this. Paul, Paul does something for Timothy in this chapter that I want to do for you. When I was in my early 20s, when I was in my early 20s, I surrendered to preach when I was 17. And I've done, I've done, since I, since I surrendered to preach, I've done almost all of my relatives' funerals. Aunts and uncles and different ones, grandparents. I was in my early 20s, preaching, and, and my grandmother Lois passed away. And, uh, and, I, and, and, and a lot of people don't get this because... It's amazing to me that people that just don't have tight families. Because I grew up like the beeve, man. I mean, I, I, had, a, I had the typical family, you know, uh, uh, mother and father in, in, in the home and grandparents and, and all of this kind of stuff and aunts and uncles, and we would get together on both sides of my family. So, so I understood family, and I loved my family, and I, we had a tight family. Family was family. You can mess with us, and we can mess with each other, but don't you mess with us, amen. So I, I had that growing up, and, and I, I, I so, and boy, I tell you, I, 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 I'm so sad for the, for the kids that don't get to enjoy that kind of thing. But they asked me, they asked me to do my grandmother Lois's funeral, and, 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 and boy, we was tight with Grandma Lois, I'm telling you, because uh, anytime you went over there, uh, uh, now Grandma Carter, uh, she was the type that, she, you didn't get no snack because you're going to eat what you eat when you go to lunch. We don't want to spoil your appetite. Are y'all with me? And she meant she's going to cook all day, and you're going to eat it. Say amen. Now, Grandma Lois, if you wanted an ice cream, if you wanted two ice creams, if you wanted three ice creams, somebody say amen. I mean, she is all whatever. She, it, it just that way. And, 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 I, and I was tight with all of them. I mean, both sides. That, yeah, that's Miss Parcher. Hey, man. I, I went, and I remember, I remember to this day. I remember to this day just like it was yesterday. I remember seeing my family there at the funeral, and I stood up and boy it just got all over me and I tried to start and I broke down well I started crying and I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't get get a handle on the deal and 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 and, and boy I just I just I was sitting there just weeping I had my head down and I I couldn't get started and my aunt Jan my aunt Jan uh she's like she's like one of the coolest aunts in the world uh, uh, she was a commercial fisherman on Lake Okeechobee, and uh, her and her husband, and, and she, was, she was tough. Are y'all with me? She could drive a boat better than any man alive. I need a witness right there. I mean, she was, she was this the type. She was, she, was not a, she was not a girly girl. Uh, she, was, she, was, she, was, she was just tough. She was awesome. And, and, and this is what she did. I'm sitting there, and I'm crying, and, I'm bro and I, I just can't get a, a hold of myself. And she's sitting right in this area right here. And this is what she said. I mean loud. I mean loud. She said, buck up, boy. Mark, you remember that? Buck up, boy. You know what I did? You know how you try to talk with a dry heat? 
boy, it just snapped me out of that. And, I'm, and here we go. We go on, and God just kind of took over. Here we go. I said, Preacher, why are you saying all that? Do you know what Paul's doing with Timothy right here? Hey, buck up, boy. Thou endure hardness as a good soldier. I, I can see, I, I never saw this like I saw it this week. I, you know, every time I've ever read 2 Timothy, he's trying, oh, hey, it's going to be okay. No, no, no. This is an old general who said, I fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've run my race. My race is almost over. I'm about to be beheaded. I'm about to be, listen, I'm going to give my life. Hey, son, buck up. This morning I woke up, three words. If you'll write these down, we'll hurry up. We'll get out early today. Number one, if we're going to make it, if we're going to make it in the crisis, if we're going to make it in the perilous days that are ahead, if we're going to make it in a time, because I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I've heard it my whole life, but I'm seeing it unfold before my eyes. And by the way, do you see how fast stuff is happening now? I mean, it's, get, it's not only getting dark by the minute, it's getting dark by the second. And if we're going to make it, if we're going to make it in this hour that we're living in, first off, number one, we have to know our role. We have to know our role. Paul is reminding Timothy of his role. You are a soldier. Buck up, boy. You are a soldier. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm a soldier, not a sissy. Oh, y'all didn't mean it. Say it again. Tell them, I'm a soldier, not a sissy. If you ever wanted to start a fight, now I grew up redneck. If you ever wanted to start a fight, call somebody a sissy. If you ever wanted to motivate them, call them a sissy. I can't tell you how many times that, that we'd be doing something and it'd get hard and we'd go to whining and Dad would say, boy, don't be no sissy. And do you realize Webster's 1828 Dictionary doesn't have the definition of sissy? It come after that. I had to get a later edition of the, of the dictionary to find out this is what a sissy is. How many of y'all want to know what a sissy is? A person who shows a shameful lack of courage in the face of danger. You know what a soldier is? One engaged in military service, a fighter, a warrior, someone tough. When I think soldier, I think someone who's bleeding, but they're standing. Somebody who's broken, but they're standing. They're not giving up. Their face is to the battle, not their back. Somebody say amen. Do you realize if we're going to make it, we need to know our role? We are soldiers in the army of our God. We are not sissies. We're not going to turn our face in the time of battle. It's going to get difficult. It's going to get hard. But we're going to stand up. We're going to show up. We're going to speak up. Somebody say amen. Look what the terminology that's given. Terminology Paul is always using, 2 Corinthians 10, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He says in Ephesians 6, finally, my brethren, 
Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put, listen, he says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 1 Timothy 1.18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. What are you saying? I'm saying we are at war. From the very beginning of time, we can go all the way back to the Garden of Eden when God said to the woman and to the, to the serpent, said, look, I'm going to put enmity, that means animosity, between her seed and your seed. In other words, from God's people and the devil's crowd, we're going to have issues. We're going to have problems. This is a fight. There has been a fight with good and evil all the way back to the beginning of time, all the way back to the garden. The devil has tried to stop God and his people. We are in a fight. We are in a war. Peter said it well. He said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, your enemy, your adversary, the devil, is as a roaring lion who walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to buck up. We need to wake up. We are at war. The devil is after you. The devil is after your family. The devil's after your destiny. The devil's after your future. Somebody say amen. We're in a battle. We are at war. The Bible says this, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I am come that you might have life. There is a real devil. He is real. He's not the figment of somebody's imagination. He's not a fairy tale Hollywood figure. He is real, and he is slick, and he has help. There is demonic forces that are fighting with him. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. I am not your enemy. You are not my enemy. The church down the street is not the enemy. Our enemy is the devil. Our enemy is his friends. Do you know your role? Listen, we're soldiers. We're soldiers. Not sissies. Sissy ain't never going to make it. We're soldiers. Paul's telling Timothy, look, man, you realize who you are? You're a soldier. Here's the second word God gave me. Not only role, we need to know our role. But number two, we need to know our responsibilities. What is the responsibility of the soldiers? Very simple. Very simple. Follow orders. Follow orders. A soldier doesn't make the orders. He follows them. A soldier doesn't question the orders. He follows them. A soldier doesn't have the privilege to decide whether he likes the orders or not. He follows them. We have orders. We have the word of God that's been given us. We've got a responsibility to follow orders. Well, they don't always make sense. That's why Proverbs 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. 
Let me tell you something. The buck private on the field doesn't always understand the orders that come from headquarters. But the orders that come from headquarters comes from people who have intelligence that the private doesn't have. And he knows something that the private doesn't. The private cannot question it. He's got to follow orders or people will die. Let me tell you something. God doesn't always tell you something you want to hear. And God doesn't always ask you to do things you want to do. God doesn't always send you places you want to go. But when he's through, he's right. He says, he tells Timothy, he says, endure hardness. Endure hardness. Man, I, I can't tell you how many times I get, I get frustrated. I get frustrated even in my own life because I don't do this. I don't like it hard. I don't like pain. I love me. Say amen. I, 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 Peachy, I, I don't know what it is about my older days, but there had been a day, I, I've been sick most of the week, preaching there and head cold and all that kind of stuff, and, and there'd be a day I'd just be stubborn. My wife begged me, just go, just go. You know, I would never go. I'd just tell her I just about to die. No, uh As soon as I got home, I went to the doctor and got me two shots. Say amen right there. I want to feel better. I don't like that. I don't like suffering. I don't like pain. I, 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 I don't, you know, but, but here's the thing. Paul says we got to endure hardness. Can you imagine Paul? I, I looked this, some of this up. You realize Paul five times, five times he was whipped with a whip. Forty lashes, save one, 39. Five times 39. That's how many stripes he's got on his back. That's how many scars he's got across his back. Five times. 39 lashes, beaten with rods three times. In other words, a stick rod three times. They broke him down and beat him three times. Was in shipwreck so many times. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what Paul's thinking sitting in that prison, going through everything he's gone through, and people whine to him about issues? Can you imagine what the Apostle Paul would do if he come around some church folk today? You, you, you quit going to church for what? Somebody hurt your feelings. They didn't shake your hand. They took your parking spot. Hundred. What's five times 39, you math people? Hundred. What is it? 195. 195. I think it's 195. I believe. All right. Can you imagine somebody with, let's just say over 100, whatever it is. It's a bunch. Amen. It's about 194 more than I want. Are y'all with me? And, and, and we're going to explain to him why we're bugged out. We're going to explain to him that the preacher didn't do everything they wanted him to do. That the service went too long. That they expect too much out of me. They actually want me to do something for Jesus. Is that what you're going How do you explain that to a soldier of the cross? How are we going to explain that? I, I just hope this. I just hope this. I hope Paul's not first in line in front of me before I get my. Before God looks at my life, I hope I'm way back. I probably will be, but I, you know, are y'all with me? It's getting quiet in here for some reason. Everything okay? Can y'all hear me? Is this thing working? Hello. You, 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 you're mad. What, 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 uh, tell me again why you're mad. 
Because church leadership did something you didn't agree with? You're a soldier. Soldiers don't whine. Soldiers follow orders. Let me tell you what's wrong with the American church. We've forgotten our role. We want to act more like politicians instead of soldiers. We're soldiers. We follow orders. Number three. Number three. See, I told you we're going to get out early. What was, what's the first thing? If we're going to make it in this perilous day, we've got to know our, our role. Number two, we have to know our, our responsibility. We don't get hung up in things that will interfere with our, our, our calling. He said, he said a good soldier doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this life. He endures hardness. Yes, it's going to be hard. Yes, it's going to be difficult. Yes, it's going to... Hey, listen, guys. Let me say this. Let me say this before we go to number three. I was, I was working with a, with a, a gentleman doing uh, a trim work. How many of y'all have ever done trim carpentry? Anybody done trim carpentry? Uh, now, I love doing trim carpentry. I really do. As a matter of fact, I love doing trim carpentry better than rough carpentry. But, but some of that trim carpentry, doing crown molding. And how many of y'all have ever done crown molding? How many of y'all not, that will cause you to lose your religion? I mean, and say bad words and everything. Amen. I had this one. I had this one corner I was working on, and I, it, you know, I cut it four times, and it was still too short. You know, one of them kind. You know, it was just some of y'all didn't get that. It, it'll come to you later on. But I, I cut it, and put it up, didn't fit. I cut it, put it up, didn't fit. and about that fifth time, I'm mad. I mean, I, the 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 the, uh, <laughs> the Johnson come out in me. Amen. Uh, uh, and I'm just, and I went to I went to Russell, who I was working with, and I said. Doggone it, I've been trying to get this stupid thing and say, it's hard. You know what he told me? He said, well, son, if, if it wasn't hard, they wouldn't need us. Now think about this a minute. When it gets hard, when it gets hard, who is the world going to turn to if we quit too? Who are they going to look to to see the example? You know what I found out with you know what I found out with the culture we live in and with society? They don't turn to God till they have to. I surrendered I surrendered to preach when I was 17 years old. I've got some of my family here from Florida and and from Tennessee and and they was, in, they was in school with me, 17 years old. I'll be honest with you, I was a little nervous about it. <clears throat> I wished I was a better Christian than I was. I, 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 you know, I, I should have been, at that time, probably more courageous, whatever. But, you know, you know as, a, as a teenager, you think, what, what are people going to think about you? And I was nervous, you know, and I, I, didn't, I didn't back down, but I didn't really speak up neither. Are you all with me? But it, it don't take long word to get around, and, 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 and people ask me, and, and uh, are you going to be a preacher? I said, yes, sir. And, and, and boy, it's amazing to me. They respected me more then than, than it was before. But my point with all that is, is I've seen, seen people that was just live like lost people do until a tragedy took place. There was an old boy in a motorcycle wreck that had, had lost his leg. And guess who all his friends looked up and tried to find? Me. He said, hey, you need to pray for 
what happened? Tragedy, difficulty, hardships made them seek out. My point in this is, when, 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 when it hits the fan, y'all with me? When this, when this, we ain't seen chaos, but it's coming. When that happens, who will this world turn to? If we don't bow up and show up and endure it, listen, with grit and say, everything's going to be all right. Who are they going to turn to? We need to be strong. We need to be firm. Now listen, we need to know our responsibilities. Number three, write this down. We need to know our role. We need to know our responsibilities. Number three, we need to know our reward. <clears throat> we need to know our reward. For every war, there's, there's spoils to the battle. And I, I'm not going to go into that as much. I'm just going to go into the verse and what he said. He said, why should we endure hardness as a good soldier? Why do we not get entangled with the affairs of this life? We don't get so caught. And by the way, that's probably a greater danger than anything. Because if somebody, if somebody come and told us, hey, y'all got to shut that church down, we'd meet down at the river. We ain't shy. We'll put up a tent. Say amen. amen. But guess what? That's not, that's not what's causing most soldiers to fail today. It's getting so caught up with the affairs of this life. Our busy schedules, our agendas, our plans, all of this stuff is causing us to forget we're in a battle. I, I, I was watching an old war movie one time, and, 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 and the, 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 the drill sergeant, this was in basic training, and they, you know, them guys are screaming in their face and doing all this kind of stuff and just everything, but anyway, y'all know the, the deal, and and something, something was, I don't even remember how it was brought up, something was said about somebody's wife. And this is what the, guy, the drill sergeant said, if Uncle Sam wanted you to have a wife, he'd have issued you one. And, and he went on to, to go through the point that when you're in the battle, you can't be thinking about home. You can't be distracted by your common affairs because if you get distracted on the battlefield, you're going to die. And not only that, the ones you're fighting with that you're supposed to have their back. Are y'all with me? And you can apply that to right here. Paul says you, you cannot ever forget that you're in a fight. You're in a fight every day. When you leave, you're in a fight. When you go home, you're in a fight. When you go to the store, you're in a fight. Satan is after us all the time. We can't never let down our guard. We have a responsibility. Then, listen, we have, we have a reward. What is that reward? Watch what he says. He says, we, we are not to get entangled with the affairs of this life, that we may please him who hath called and chosen us to be a soldier. Why, why, do, why, do, we, why do we do what we do? To please him. To please. Yes, yes, he blesses us. Yes, he does. I, I, my, my life is so blessed, I can't tell you. I, I, every, day, every day I wake up, I, I, I feel like I'm in a dream. What God has done in this church and in my family, and I just think this can't be real. This is awesome. God has blessed my life. And, but listen, one day I'm going to see him. I'm going to stand face to face with the one who bled and died and hung hours on a cross. 
I'm going to see the one who left heaven and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. He took on bodily form and was beat to the point that you could not even tell he was a man who went through the scourging of the cat of nine tails, who had two and a half inch spikes driven down into his skull from the crown of thorns, and, and they, they nailed him to a cross. And I'm, I'm going to answer to him. And he said, we do this to please him. Let me, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why we've got such a mess today. It says in... in uh, <clears throat> In, in chapter number 3, it says, This know also that in last days perilous times shall come. Watch this. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Then down in, in verse 4, it says, They shall be lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. You, you know why? You know why we get bugged out in the battle? You, you, let me tell you why we get messed up when it gets hard. When things are not going our way, when things are not going right, when, when everything starts breaking down, when the finances are not good and, 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 and sugar bear don't have much sugar, say amen right there. Maybe, maybe you and your spouse are not getting along or, 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 or it's just bad at work and you come to church and, it just, and, and, and things are just... Say it with me. Things are just hard. Let me tell you why we're, we're struggling so much. It's the one we're trying to please. The Bible says in the last days men shall be lovers of themselves. You know why we quit so much and we give in so much and we get bugged out so much and we get mad at God and we get mad at church and we get mad at ministry? Because we're trying to please us. The one we're aiming to please is us. We want our way. We want it the way we want it. Hey, it is what it is. But let me, let me give you some encouragement here. Let me give you some encouragement. I'm telling you, this is real. Y'all think I'm just mad and trying to get on there, but hey, I, I'm, I'm guilty there. There's been times it's been hard. I'm saying, come on, God. What? Why ain't it ever easy? Why, why do we have to do it? Especially in the last three weeks, it's been the hardest weeks of my life. There were some days I thought I was going to die. I'm like, really? Really? Why can't it just be easy? I, I, I want to please me. I, so I, I get it. I, I get that. I understand that. I do. I promise you I do. If anybody does, I do. But this is what I've learned in my life. That when I made an effort and a goal and my aim was to please Him, ultimately, I always end up being pleased. Because what He wanted for me was always better than what I wanted for me. Let me illustrate it this way. <clears throat> Excuse me, I got a head coldness. <clears throat> Get me. <clears throat> I seen a picture. I seen a picture the other day on the on the uh, on the computer, and it had Jesus. You know, Jesus dressed up like you would think Jesus is. You know, with his robe on, and everything. It's this artist conception of Jesus, and he's got this little girl. He's got this little girl standing in front of him, holding a little bitty teddy bear. 
little bitty teddy bear about that big. And it's the, it must be special to her because she's holding that bear tight, holding. And Jesus is asking for the bear. You know, saying, give me the bear. Well, what the little girl doesn't know that behind Jesus' back, he's holding a bear about this big. And he is telling her, trust me, give me what you have so I can give you what I have. You say, what's that got to do with us today? Because there are some times that God asks some hard things of us. But he doesn't tell us what's behind his back. All we know is he's asking something hard. He's asking sacrifice. He's asking for us to give up something. But there's never been a time that God asked you to give up something that he didn't have something better that you're... But he's not going to show you you know why? Because he wants you to do it by faith. The just shall live by without. It's impossible to please him. That's why Jesus said this. If you try to save your life, you will. But if you lose your life for my sake, then you will find it. When God said, I want you to go to Alabama. I'm like, what? I wanted to go to Okeechobee. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. When I, when I resigned Long Branch, my, my, if you want to use the word dream, <coughs> whatever, uh, was to, that's what, that was home. I mean, I grew up in Fort Pierce, but it was only, was it 30 miles? 30 miles maybe to Okeechobee? Okeechobee's here. If you don't know where Okeechobee is, that's, that's, that, that's that blue dot at the bottom of Florida. Y'all, Okeechobee Lake, y'all with me? This here means yes, this here means no. Okay, y'all got, okay. Okeechobee's right at the top. You go straight across uh, to the oceans, Fort Pierce. I grew up in, in, in Fort Pierce, so that's some of the best freshwater fishing in the world and some, some of the best saltwater fishing in the world. Some may say amen right there. That's carnal, isn't it? Amen. Ain't about the will of the Lord. Let's just go fishing. Amen. Man, I wanted to go down there. My family was down there. That's for all of them. We all migrated. But they were all down there. I could go back home. Boy, I was all about it. And, 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 and the church called and said, hey, we want you to come. I said, yes. And God said, Come on, Lord. Guess what I did? I went anyway. They asked for a, they asked, I, man, I don't know if I need to tell this. Anyway, <clears throat> they uh, wanted me to come candidate. And uh, so I took a train. How many of you have ever taken a train? I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's like an eight-hour drive. And it's like a 16-hour train trip. I didn't know they stopped at every stop. <laughs> no, every city they stop at. And the whole time down there, God's saying, no. No. And I'm wanting to hold on to my little bear named Okeechobee. <laughs> I want to go. I want to go, Lord. I want to go. All the way there. I preached that Sunday morning. And the whole time. 
whole time. Brother Randy, I know you, you're a preacher, so you know, Dad, he, he'll know how this feels. whole time I'm preaching, I'm miserable. They're having a big time. They're enjoying the fire. Die. And the whole time, I'm, every time I try to say something, God said, stupid. <laughs> I try to think something, say, God said, you ain't supposed to be. What are you doing? I done told you no. What are you doing? I mean, I, and I'm, you're talking about a struggle the whole time. Preach that night, same way. I get on the train and come back. God is my witness. This happened. My father's right there. When I got on the train to come back, the DEA called my mother. The DEA, yeah, DEA. They dropped me off at the Palm Beach Depot. I got on the train, headed back, and they called, said, did you drop off Malcolm Carter? And now my mom just freaks out, you know. What's wrong? What's wrong? They in, they're investigating me for drug trafficking. This may be the only time in the house of God I've ever told this story. <clears throat> because they were having people, they were coming, they were coming from South Carolina, getting on the train, coming down to Miami and Palm Beach, getting drugs and taking them back and, and using the train to do that. And I had such a turnaround trip because I came down for the weekend to preach and then to go back. So I'm a drug runner. I go to the I go to the eating car. <clears throat> I go to the eating car to sit down and eat. Now, y'all know I don't, I, I, don't, I don't like meeting new people and strangers, like, especially in that kind of the atmosphere. And this guy just came and sat down. At my, I'm like, what are you doing? And he starts talking and all this kind of stuff. I said, where are you from? I said, well, I'm from Fort Pierce. He said, yeah, I've been to Fort Pierce. That Navy SEAL. And he said, he said boy, they, they smoke a lot of dope down there. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, Jesus. Man, I don't smoke no dope. I don't, I just, and he's constantly trying to talk to me about it. Undercover agent. Everywhere we stop, dude's staring at me, watching me. I'm like, this guy is a stalker, man. What is the thing? I have no clue what's going on. 16 hours on this track. Because that was before, I didn't have cell phone back then. Get to the track. There's cops everywhere at the train station. When I finally do arrive in South Carolina, and Tammy's over there. Because mom's called her. She knows. <laughs> have no idea. I get off the plane. She says, you know what all these people are here for? I said, no, man. You. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my. Just anyway. And the whole time, I'm wanting to hold my teddy bear. Because I really wanted to go. God said, no. They called. That church called and said, we voted 100%. We want you to come. I said, I can't. But you said you wanted to come. I said, I do. <laughs> You're not coming? No. Why? I said, God said, no. Man, I couldn't get that. This seemed like perfect. This was perfect. This was everything I wanted, I thought. See, the whole time, I was holding on to Okeechobee, and God had Coleman behind his back. And God seen a church. Hey. Let me ask you a question. 
if you're ever going to make it in the hour we're living in, you're going to have to decide who you're going to please. Because if you live to please yourself, you're going to be constantly disappointed. And you're going to be constantly upset. You're going to be upset at the ministry. You're going to be upset at church. You're going to be upset at God. You're going to just be. But if you live your life to please him. I know it sounds like a contradiction, but I'm telling you. If you live your life to please him, you will always be pleased. Because what he has to give you is a whole lot better than what you could ever dream up on your own. And all God's people say it. Let's all stand. Let's all stand. Lord, I pray that you'll help us today. <clears throat> I pray that you'll help us today. God, give us what we stand in need of. Help us to stand strong. Help us to know our role. Help us to know we're soldiers. We're not sissies. We don't back down in the face of danger, in the face of difficulty, in the face of hardness. We endure it. God, help us to know our responsibilities to follow orders. I pray that you'll give us what we stand in. It's it's hard, Lord. We're living in a difficult time. But I pray that you'll encourage us today. I pray that you'll help those that have been struggling. Because I know how it feels. I know how it feels. And I pray for that one here today that's just been discouraged. I pray today you will lift them up. You will strengthen them. You will infuse them with your anointing. I pray that you'll help us and give us what we stand in need of. And Lord, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.